0: Aaron Charles Rogers on the Pat McAfee show. You're going to hear a little Pat. And you're going to hear Aaron Rogers and a lot of Aaron Rogers.
1: You obviously got to see the building chit chat with some people. And I know uh, we're looking ahead to Tahoe here, uh, but what did you think of the young wide receiver? What did you think of Watson? what do you think of Sammy? What do you think about uh, going into the season? Any thoughts on what you're going to have to focus on, or anything like that. And
0: this is the biggest question for the Green Bay Packers, right? See, I'm delaying the Rodgers comments. This is the biggest comment or question coming into the season: is the wide receiver room? No, Devonte Adams. He's now absconded away to Las Vegas, built a house, bought a house right next to Derek Carr. How about that? Those block parties got to be pretty cool. Isn't John Gruden right in that area too, Rowdy? I have no idea. I think he is. Is 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 Gruden blacklisted from the uh, the, the neighborhood block parties? I don't know. Probably. Here's Rodgers on the wide receiver room.
2: Yeah, deep breaths. It's important for everybody involved. Deep, deep breaths. There's a lot of people in football, can't just be our team, that love to crown or obliterate players without pads on. This guy is going to be the greatest thing ever in shorts and a helmet. This guy sucks, can't play at all. He's terrible won't make the team. Every year there's opinions that start coming out about players in in helmets and and shorts and I would just say let's just everybody take a nice deep long breath and trust the training camp time that we have trust the coaching staff trust the relationships that will be formed and continue to be formed trust the guys in the room like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins to help these young guys out Um, physically though (laughs) They definitely looked
0: apart. All right, I'm going to stop right there for a second. Aaron Rodgers, always spot on. There is nothing more hilarious to me. Like Devontae Adams when he was a rookie. Remember, everyone called him, not everyone, but listeners of this show who now became cowards and no longer listen. Drop Vontae. Drop Vontae Adams. Wanted him cut and gone. they would help pack his bags and ship him out of Green Bay as fast as they in possibly can. Green Bay can. tomorrow night. Drop Vontae Adams, boys. Get him out of here, Devontae Adams. I know he's a Raider now, and I have no ill will. But I'll be, Devontae I'll Adams, I'll Adams, right drops now, drops
3: every pass thrown to him.
0: You could argue, you can make the case he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Packers had him, not anymore. He's, you guys agree Aaron
3: Rodgers? There, don't overreact. It's the same thing we talk about with uh, the combine. Put some pads on. Run, run through drills with pads on at the combine. I don't care what you do in the underwear Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Guess what? You're about to go lo- really learn your system for the first time because if you tell me those rookie mini camps, the OTAs and all that that you're actually learning something, you probably have not been involved in organized sports <laughs> past Nellie, get RJ. Past your high school where get a Every year, it's the same thing over and over again. And installation takes time. It's Get not; him. It doesn't happen in your little off-season time of the short time you have per the collective bargaining sure, agreement. Sure. It happens in camp. Now, granted, you have a situation with a receiver who isn't catching a lot of stuff going to him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that changes when he puts pads on. Yeah, Maybe it doesn't.
0: Okay, he said right. this. He said something like this, and ready to get your opinion on it as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says trust the guys like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins to bring the you know, younger ones along.
4: Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Proven veterans, yeah. Well, he's they kind of have to mm-hmm. because those are well, especially Watkins and and Cobb. Those are the guys that have been around the league for a while. Those are the guys that have had some really good moments in the NFL. And then when he names Alan Lazard in there, I think he he lists him because Alan Lazard is a guy that Aaron Rodgers has good chemistry with. He's a guy that has...
0: They get that natural connection.
4: Yeah, and, they, and they've and they built that over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, hey, here's Watkins, here's Cobb. These are two guys that have been there, done that. They've had good seasons in the NFL. They've been good players. Learn from them. They have the experience. Here's Alan Lazard. He's still on the younger side, But we developed chemistry and have a good thing going. And it's been two or three years. You guys will be there in two or three years. Do what he does as well. So I get why he did those two. But then, I mean, you look at the rest of the... He wasn't naming Malik Taylor. He wasn't naming Jawan Winfrey. Because those guys have been around with the Packers for the last two or three years. But... They've they probably kind of, have more rapport
0: with Kurt Ben Kurt. Yeah, no that's that's
4: kind of who they're playing mm-hmm. with.
0: Yeah, uh, a little more comment here from Rodgers on the wide receivers. I definitely looked apart. All three of them, all three of the
2: guys we drafted, all uh, you know have have physical gifts. Obviously, the top two picks are uh, bigger, um, Dobbs and Watson, but uh, but the seventh round pick got a lot of stuff to him. Um, so I, I I think it's going to be great. There's no better teacher. For them, on what NFL ball is going to be like, then going against our three corners, our top three corners, Jair, Eric Stokes, and obviously Rasul. Um, so those guys are a real quick initiation to the NFL. And I was joking with uh, uh, with a couple of my buddies um, on the squad and and, uh, and in the personnel department and, and training room. And I said, "Could be a long training camp for the offense." Uh, I like the way our defense is, is looking and playing, and. And just on paper, it, it looks like they're going to be pretty formidable. So, it
0: could- All right. It's going to be a long training camp, could be, for the offense. But then he talks about how good the defense is.
4: Remember hmm. right after the draft when the Packers made a trade late in the draft and they acquired like a bunch more seventh-round picks? Yeah. And we were talking about some of the later-round picks and Samari Toure, one of the guys that I listed, I said, man, you look at some of the past picks that the uh, the Green Bay Packers have had when it comes to rounding out the ends of the roster. A lot of the guys, especially at receiver, never even made the roster. He might be in danger of not making this roster. Yeah. And it was more or less they used that draft pick on a player so they didn't have to get into like a priority free agent battle mm-hmm. with other teams. <clears throat> Sounds like pretty much since Samari Touray got there, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of people that have liked what they've seen from him. Rogers made the comments there, but there's been other people in the media and just in general that have are on the team saying Samari Touray sounds like he's he's got a little bit of something to him. So maybe he is actually somebody that won't come in and basically just be a, a practice body and hope to make a practice squad. Maybe he actually does fill in at the end of that uh Green Bay Packers depth chart because remember towards the end of last year I think it was Aaron Rodgers that said oh no I like Jawan Winfrey blah 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 blah, blah." even though Jawan Winfrey really never even sniffed inside that top five haven't really heard much about Jawan Winfrey since they brought in these young guys only the fact that uh is it Dobbs or Dubs? Because I've Dob, heard the. Dubs. I, I thought I've, it was Dubs. I've heard him say. I've heard, him say, I've heard yeah. him say Dubs and Dobbs. I've seen Aaron Rodgers say Dobbs. I've seen NFL I network guys
0: say Dubs, dubs and Dobbs. I go with the Rodgers says because he's the NLBL all Dobbs. But if you say Dubs, whatever. Here's the thing: it's something we do on this show. We won't we officially don't we don't officially <laughs> learn your name until you're actually good. So right now we don't know if he's good or not. We we know there's potential. So when we see him get out there and score some touchdowns, then we'll officially know Dobbs or Dubs. But interchangeable now.
4: (laughs) But that's the thing. He he, he mentions him. He mentions how Watkins is the guy that looks the part. He's got the athleticism. But there's going to be growing pains. But the fact that he even throws Samari Toure's name in there, I think that actually means something. I think that might be the new low-level guy that comes out of nowhere that all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers likes? Because it happens every year, does it not? It does, yeah. It's like Jake Kumro came out of nowhere. Yeah. Alan Lazard came out of nowhere yeah. as a guy that was very, very at the well, end. Another of guy, the Jeff Janis,
0: came out of nowhere, but Rodgers didn't really like him.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: he's,
4: he's got to he be a liked. Few
0: times. Yeah. I mean, he had to. Yeah. He yeah, had to a few times. It's like uh, Rowdy for uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Is it Mike Brasso or Mike Brasso?
3: I don't know because he's not that good. Uh, Bob Uecker says it both ways. I know because I listen to the broadcast. I'm like within the same at bats. (laughs) Is it Brasso
0: or Brasso? Like what? Which one is it? I
4: don't know until he starts hitting more home runs, and we'll figure it out. Well, we did learn his name relatively quick, Brasso, because he continued to make errors left and right (laughs) in that first month. Remember that little stretch? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. He's played much better since that first month. Oh, I'll give him that.
0: Uh, Looks like Aaron Rodgers was golfing yesterday. Let's see here. Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee, uh, A.J. Hawk. Aaron Rodgers in this... I'm going to send you this picture, Rowdy. Yeah, I already saw it. Does Aaron Rodgers look stoned to the bone? Doesn't he look like he's stoned out of his mind in this picture? They all
4: looked like they were probably under the influence of something.
0: Aaron Rodgers' eyes... uh, Beautiful eyes. He's a beautiful man, right? Uh, But the eyes, the whites of his eyes, aren't white. They are as bloodshot as I had ever have seen. Um... Looks like my man was hitting the cheebs. Good for him if that's the case. Yeah, that'd be awesome to go golfing. Showing off the new tattoo, hitting some ganj, and then hitting some balls. Sounds like a nice little day out on the golf course. Uh, we were talking to Aaron Rodgers earlier today. Uh, he was saying that, um, you know, about the, or the rookie wide receivers, uh, saying it's going to be a, some growing pains for the offseason at training camp, which will be good for us. Now, he said it as in a way that the defense is looking so good and, so, and playing so well, that they're the ones going to be making it a long day. And what better way for the Christian Watsons and the Romeo Dubs to learn than going against some of the best, like a Jair Alexander, what he bring up, Rasul Douglas and company. Uh, so, Rowdy, when you hear Aaron Rodgers say it's going to be growing pains at training camp, going to be a long offseason potentially, is that concern or is that like that's what I expect, man. It's like rookie wide receivers, there's who's the number one and you got a really good defense coming I up.
4: I would rather hear his opinion saying that there's probably gonna be growing pains because in the past I think we would we would seen Aaron Rodgers make statements or at least just his body language on the practice field or in games that wasn't so happy or wasn't so positive. Yeah. Where at least it sounds like he likes what he sees from some of these young guys. Like he knows they're not going to be ready because not everyone can, can come in here and be a Jefferson or be a a Jamar chase. Mm -hmm. Like those guys are few and far between for rookie wideouts that come in and just all of a sudden take the league by storm. Yeah. I think he likes what he sees with their abilities. And says, hmm, there's something that I can at least work with Hmm. here in the future. Hmm. And yeah, there's going to be growing pains where guys might drop some balls or run some wrong routes and not necessarily know the playbook as well as they would if they were in year three or four. And they're not going to be as good as what they will be in year three or four. But I think it's positive that he says there's going to be growing pains because that at least means that they're going to be growing. And it's not a bunch of end of the roster, XFL CFL, AAF USFL, type talent, USFL type talent where he is just XFL? like, there's no growth. It's just, these guys just aren't good.
0: Yeah. Like the end of Ted Thompson's tenure there with, uh,
4: like you, when you think about some of those receiving cores he was throwing to with like Janice, who he never really gave a shot and was super athletic, but well, he,
0: Jeff Janice, Jared Aberderis, and the ghost of James jo- or Greg, yeah, James Jones.
4: Yeah. James Jones was a shell of what he was. Abbraderis couldn't stay healthy, no.
0: and Jeff Janis, Aaron Rodgers didn't Jeff like him. Jeff Janis's
4: routes were not great, but he was an athlete. Like he's fast. Those those teams in that receiving core, like there wasn't a ton to grow into. James Jones wasn't going to be growing anymore. Yeah, Abbraderis kind of what he was. It was a guy that was unfortunately had his career shortened because of injury. Yeah, and Jeff Janis never really grew. He was always just a really athletic dude. Yeah. And
0: then you look at these guys now, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. I mean, Alan Lazard is – Rodgers talks a lot about Alan Lazard. They have that all-natural connection. He's the one that uh, helped Rodgers break Brett Favre's touchdown record for the Packers. And then, you know, Randall Cobb, obviously. Old Cobby, as they call him, the timeless. Him and Rodgers are great friends. And then Sammy Watkins coming in as the, uh, the wild card you know, here. Like, what can Sammy Watkins bring to the table if he, you know, can stay healthy? When he's healthy, he's a freak. He's a phenom. Uh, he also is on the same wavelength of a lot of things that Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, talks about and believes in. So excited to see, but Rowdy, I think we're going to see a lot though is a run heavy, and this will be different for the Packers. A run heavy team usually it's like you know you throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Hell, Mike McCarthy used to be up there pounding on the podium, saying it's, we're gonna run the damn ball, and then they go throw it seventy
4: percent of the time. Speaking speaking of that, I saw a meme that some random Big Mike, some random dude tweeted. Yeah. It's probably like a gentleman, like fifty plus gentleman, definitely middle aged, but really heavy set. And his profile picture was on a on a golf green. He was he was on a green with like a, a flag. I don't know if he had a hole in one or whatever, but he's he's on this green and. There was an NFL meme about the Packers signing Eddie Lacey to try out at tight end, and it was just this huge fat guy lining up like if he was like a like a almost like a split out tight end. Yeah. Eddie Lacy must have somehow found the tweet oh. and and quoted the tweet and he yeah, was I think like, the guy deleted it. You look Closer to this guy than I do, yeah. and If you the guy deleted the tweet, yeah. If you look at Eddie Lacy's profile picture, I mean, he still kind of has like a little gut on him, yeah. But he's in a lot better shape than when we saw him last with like the Seahawks and the Packers, where he was kind of letting himself go. But I, I chuckled out loud when I saw that.
0: Here it is. I found it. So the guy, the this is what's hilarious. Like Twitter fingers, a lot of people get big tough on Twitter, uh, but you meet him in real life or call them out, they're just absolute pansies. We've had experience with that, Rowdy. We, I would meet some of these people and just punch through their face. I would hit them so hard it would be ramifications throughout generations. But, Rowdy, I found the picture of the guy. He deleted his tweet like a wuss. Couldn't stand behind what he said. Eddie Lacey calls him out. Guy deletes his tweet, tries to run away. But the Internet never forgets. Here's the if picture. If you're going to come with that, it.
4: though, you can't delete it.
0: No, you just look like a wuss. A wussy, but it starts with a P, dude. So you look at the uh, – I would it to you. Is that the – Cause yeah, did, that, that's that
4: that's the profile.
0: Here is a obese man making uh obs- you know jokes about Eddie Lacey's weight. And this guy has <laughs> yeah. this guy has nothing to joke about. <laughs> this guy was bigger than Eddie Lacey ever was. And this guy obviously can't stand by what he said because he deleted his tweet. That's funny. Uh Eddie Lacey, good Twitter follow by the way. That's funny. You're shaped more like who that is than I am. <laughs> Eddie Lacey. <laughs> That's funny. And then then Eddie Lacy follows it up with another tweet. He quotes a tweet that says, I just remembered that I'm sitting in class with a whole grilled snack wrap in my pocket, LOL. And then he, <laughs> then someone took that tweet and said, Did you tweet this? He goes, Yes, sir. After two national championships on my way to the third. <laughs> Eddie Lacy was awesome. I love me some Eddie Lacy. But speaking of running backs and running the ball, you're going to see it more this uh, coming year for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones was doing a little celebrity thing a charity thing, excuse me. And he caught up with the media and he was talking, you know, on his plans, uh, for the next three weeks before camp he said he's going to train, train, train uh, but he said this year this time of year is important to reset take a listen
1: uh, it's very important you know season can get long uh, can get repetitive uh, so you, you just hit this reset button you come out here and do the things that you you love it's just, I love football so uh, and I love uh, being with the children and giving them, giving them the game back so this is a reset for me uh, being able to get away from the game but still be with the game at the same time so um but a reset is always needed right before that uh, that start, and so you can start fresh.
0: All right, so reset, but then he talks about, you know, and then they dive in a little bit the upcoming season. Uh, you know, he feels like this offense rowdy is being overlooked, and they're going to use that underdog approach.
1: Uh, for sure. I definitely feel like uh, people are definitely going to sleep on our offense with us, uh, losing Devontae, but uh we, we definitely have a lot of weapons uh and guys who can get it done so uh we're gonna let them sleep and uh when it's time when it's done the, the scoreboard says what it says and it'll show what our offense did and our, and our defense
0: can you overlook an offense that's got a four-time mvp and aaron Rodgers and two really good running well aaron jones is awesome a.j dillon's looking like he's going to beat the part can you really be overlooking an offense that's fronted by a four-time mvp I feel like you
4: can't because we know since Aaron Rodgers was a starting quarterback since about year two, this Packers team has basically been a playoff team almost every single year. Yeah.
0: Reed Aaron Jones has asked kind of about that on Aaron Rodgers being here.
1: What's he have to say? I think it was on the outside. I think we all were like... Compared It'll be to last year, right. but uh, no, it gives a lot of guys a lot, a lot of confidence. You know, we uh, right. got to work with, with them through camps and stuff job, like that, Aaron so uh, it gives you that chemistry, <laughs> and you, you don't have to worry about oh, who am I going to be working with, and or who's going to be my quarterback? You, already know. you know, you know who we got our leaders so ready to go.
0: So we got our leaders ready to go. In the background, it's it's Aaron Jones's camp for kids. So that's what you're hearing. In the like moment. I
4: won't think the Packers aren't a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback until I can see a steep decline from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, Especially with the division they play in. We talk about the bears and how pretty much they just seem like they're swirling the the bottom of the toilet here. You got guys getting arrested, a big time change and overhaul. The quarterback says they're not ready. The lions still are the lions. Mm -hmm. And then the Vikings have never won a super bowl.
0: Yep. But well, speaking of Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, um, I see full lines blowing up. One second, uh, he talks about you know these using two running back uh, sets more. Excuse me. I,
1: I couldn't say yes or no for sure. Uh, like you said, it's something that we did start doing more, and I like I feel like that's a part of the evolving offense. We started working on that my first year with me and Jamal, and to start coming to life a little bit more our second year, um, like we play KC. Um, you see both of us in the game at the same time, and just kept growing over time. And so I feel like uh, we're getting better and better at uh, that role and expanding our whole offense.
0: And one more, uh, without Devontae Adams, what's the offense going to look like? More run focus?
1: Uh, very excited. You know, uh, I feel like this offense is forever evolving. This is what my fourth year in this offense, and it just all, all, everybody's it's just, uh, roles just continue to expand. And so uh, we look to. We look to uh, do some things. Hopefully, we get on the field together. And um, I'm an advocate. Me and Jamal, we're always trying to get that. Hey, let's put us, put us on the field. Me and AJ are the same way. And if you ask me, hey, let's put three backs on the field. So, i <laughs> always trying to get my backs on the field.
0: Let's put three backs on the field, Rowdy. How about that? O-M-G. It has been quite some time. Let me, let me just fade this bed quick. Rowdy, happy to report that our next guest Uh, Indeed, did not get fired, right? Did not get fired. In fact, I have a song. It's been so long. I feel like I've talked to this guy that I have to just hit play on this. The one and only Uncle Dave, Dave Esler in the house, the handicapper to the stars. David, I missed you like the desert misses the
5: rain. Where have you been? Seemingly my whole life. You took a vacation to sun your balls, and uh, <laughs> then I then I had to take my wife um, to get some tests done last week, so, you God. know. I feel like don't I haven't talked me, to me, in, like, don't, four don't weeks. Throw, don't, don't throw me under the bus. Oh, no,
0: Dave, I'm playing Peaches and Herb Reunited, and it feels so good. Dave, I missed you, dude. I, literally, I've been, like, tossing and turning every night. I have no idea what to do with myself. And, yes, uh, the balls are probably the tannest part of my body, just an FYI.
5: How you doing? I'm I'm sure. Uh well I'm doing well, thank you. I mean I, I don't know I don't I don't know that with that intro I can I can add any any content that would be you can just say I love um, you too, Ebo. Love you too. Ebo. Would be would be would be fit for human consumption.
0: <laughs> well, Dave, uh, I haven't missed you. And yes, I, I chuckled when you would text Rowdy and say, "Have I been fired, Dave? You guys, you could come on anytime, anytime you want, any day. Doesn't matter. You're always you're one of the family You're in the circle of trust, Dave. Uh, check this out, though. Rowdy is at
4: a. Have you been texting with Dave about this, by the way? Uh, not a ton,
0: Dave. Rowdy's had a tough go on the Razor's Edge. Uh, his batting this week. And I'm proud to report, or Rowdy, I don't want to steal your thunder. What happened last night?
4: Well, we finally got a win, and it felt good because I feel like in 2020, Dave, we were really, really good. In 2021, we were solid and profitable. But this this year, it seems like anytime I have a lead that's later in the game, I get nervous because it seems like leads get coughed away. And, again, it happened last night. Had a... 2 nothing lead, then it was 2-2, then a 3-2 lead, then it was 3-3, and then all of a sudden it's 5-5. And finally got a win and it felt good, but I feel like just so many games this year I've lost where it's like you take a lead into the late innings and then you come up a loser.
0: And Dave, uh, not to bring up anything bad, but what happened with your pick between the Braves and the Cardinals last night? My um, lost. Oh, see?
4: Man, damn it. But that's the thing. The market absolutely loved the Braves. Yeah, well, you can't, you can't, I can't fault the
5: Braves pitching. I mean, Strider threw six shutout innings, gave up two hits, and struck out twelve. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. I would go out on a limb and yeah, say Matt that, that, uh, Livator or whatever it is. You know, he was like, you know, the Saw Young for the Cardinals last night. I mean, <laughs> and the Braves and the Braves normally hit left-handers like really well. So, you know, there's your anomaly. There's your variance. That's why Rowdy is. Uh, up and down.
0: They by the way, us three are anomalies. I would say
4: 75% of my losses this year have either had a lead going into the 6th, 7th inning or later and then coming up a loser. Or it would be kind of like what you said. You like the Braves yesterday. They just crushed left-handed pitching. But then all of a sudden you look up and they had a ton of guys on base, a ton of uh, at-bats with runners in scoring position. And they go like 0 for 8. And then you lose a game 2 to nothing.
5: I was kind of over that until you brought it up again.
4: <laughs> but the, that's that's been like 75% of the losses. The other 25% of the losses, it's like, okay, that's a bad bet. We got absolutely smoked well,
5: tonight. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I would do is, uh, you know, take the bullpens out of the equation and try to bet first five innings. Yeah, I mean, Rowdy does some F5s, definitely. I uh, that would, that would, you know, that would, I, I'd do a fair bit of that, not as much as I probably should, but... Dave, you did know, you... That it, it's actually easier. You don't have to account for... Dave, I see some of your videos here on,
0: on Twitter. Obviously, your be- beautiful Twitter account at Dave underscore Sler, E-S-S-L-E-R, but, uh, you know, pregame now. Uh, did you get a new graphics department? Did you get a new intern making it? I see you now. Uh, look at these beautiful bets you have, Dave, with the baseball on fire in the background and you talking, very handsome looking. Did you get a new graphics I, department? I, I can't take
5: credit for that. No. I, I, I record them and um, pre-game, pay somebody to make them look
0: nice. Yeah, must be nice to be Uncle Dave. Dave, I also I don't, I don't have I don't have time for that. Well, I know you're. Um, you're
4: a beautiful. Let,
5: let, alone, let alone the software. Well, I, that's another thing, Dave.
4: <laughs> like people only see your wins and losses. People don't actually see how much time you put into figuring out what team is a good bet, because I know for you, you do this all day. This is what you do for a job. For me, I'll go home at night and look at the next uh, following day's games, and I'll put in an hour, hour and a half going through all the games. But I wouldn't wouldn't admit that. It takes it takes a long time to go through, especially sports like baseball, where there's a lot of data to look at.
0: Well, Dave, uh, let me ask you this. I see a lot of your free picks here for pregame. Uh, there's a lot of Milwaukee Brewers graphics here. you got the Brewers and the Cubs, Brewers and the Rays. I see, uh, hopefully, we're rubbing off you a little bit when it comes to the Brewer love. Uh, do you have a winning bet? I mean, they're all winners for you for the most part, besides the Braves last night. Sorry about that. But, Dave, do you have something for us tonight?
5: Maybe the Milwaukee Brewers? Um. Uh, well, for your sake, I hope the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. I mean, so do I. If they lose, I will. You know, uh, uh, Brewmaker is probably one of Pittsburgh's best options, but they don't hit left-handers too well. So, yeah. you know, I expect the Brewers will probably get that done. The only thing that does concern me is that total's coming down quite a bit. So, you know, I I I I could make the case for the Pir- Pirates run line, but.
4: I think you, you used some reasoning in the past, and if I remember correctly, you said normally if a team faces each other about a week ago and they right. see both of the pitchers, normally the right. opposite happens the next time That's- if they play each other in a short amount of time? Well, the Brewers and Pirates played about a week ago. Brewbaker pitched, looked amazing, actually got a win. And then on the flip side, I think it was a day or two later, Ashby pitched, and he got absolutely rocked by the Pirates. So hopefully that reasoning is true for today's game so that Ashby looks great and Brewbaker gets rocked.
5: Yeah, I mean, I mean, go figure. They're minus 210 favorites. I, I, You know, they should win. I mean, there's your... There's your sixty six percent we were talking about that they chalk in. <laughs> well, what's what's the beautiful? I don't, moment I don't, have? I don't have any. I don't have a, have any skin in that game. Um, well, give me some skin, I like, Dave. I do, like the, I do like the Phillies over the Cardinals, and this is actually going to go against what we just talked about: Wheeler and Wainwright. And uh, I had a game of the year on the Phillies when Wheeler and Ray, Wainwright played. I think Sunday night, and. You would think it would be the exact opposite, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with that. I mean, the the Cardinals, um, they 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 come home after being on the road for a week. That's always a tough spot with no rest. You know, they've lost uh, what five of seven, but they've lost 12 of 20 since Molina went down. So they, you know, they're they're just not good um, right now. And you know, then I look at I look at uh, at Wheeler, I just, I, I just trust him a whole lot more. And both bullpens have been really good. But last night, when the Cardinals were in Atlanta, I mean, their bullpen threw, I think, 97 pitches. I mean, that's almost a full game. Um, and Helsley and Hicks threw like 26 and 34, respectively. So I don't have a lot of confidence in their bullpen tonight. So I do like the Phillies. I also like the Royals mm. over Cleveland. Mm. Um, you know, don't look now, but the Royals are a hot team. I mean they've they've uh You say they're, they're hot blooded, teams. Dave? So, you know, they could be foreign, yes. Um <laughs> but you know, I mean they went into Houston, they lost three or four, but they scored, you know, what, twenty two runs in four games. I mean for them that's a lot. Yeah. And you know, the only the only the only time they weren't close was uh last night when, when Greinke, I mean uh, Verlander shot him down, but you know, they, they did get out to a two nothing lead, much to my much to my chagrin because I did have the Astros, but I do think they beat I do think they beat Cleveland tonight. And those are probably my two favorites.
4: Uh-oh. Ooh, Uh-oh. We're going Uh-oh, head-to-head Dave. with the Cleveland-Kansas City game because I took Dave. Cleveland, one of the picks I gave out today, at plus 105. Uh, but... For, I, I got a question for you. So for that Wheeler-Wainwright game, Wayne, how much stock do you put into their home road splits? Because Wheeler is significantly better at home, and so is yeah. Wainwright, and this game is yeah. in St. Louis.
5: Yeah, I mean, usually quite a bit. Um, probably a little less with elite pitchers because they do have the upside, but for marginal pitchers, probably a lot more.
0: Dave? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, okay, so I mean, I'm going to keep some tabs on this. By the way, I hate the name the Guardians for Cleveland. Like it's it's like one of the worst names in sports. It's just almost as bad yes, as the I Commanders. And,
5: and they're the Indians and they're the Redskins and yada yada yada. That's the, the Guardians. That's terrible, Dave. Are you I, I, I do yeah. want to throw. So, so, so you guys were talking about the Miami Hurricanes in college football.
0: Uh, you you a guy? And, and
5: how nobody wants to court Miami. Yeah, what do you and, think about
0: that? You're in Florida. What do you
5: think? You got boots on the ground. Um, well, I mean, there's a reason for that, and it's the typical "follow the money." I mean, Miami' uh, average home attendance last year was almost the same as what, that school from New Jersey, Rutgers. The, now they're in the Big Ten, Oof. and and uh, I you know I hate to admit it, but you know, Miami's fans are apathetic. And if it's all about the money, I mean, they're not going to travel well. I mean, they they can't get more than forty thousand. People, when you know Clemson comes
4: to town, so you know why would you want them in your conference? Because let's face it, it is about the money. Dave, I've had a rough stretch here, so I'm going to do a, a gun to head. Who are you taking? I got Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Minnesota, and Cleveland. Yeah, that Tampa Bay game's strange. I, uh,
5: I, you know, the uh, um, obviously good, but Castillo can go either way. But Tampa Bay hasn't ever seen him, so. I think the first five under, and I could be tempted to take the Reds on the run line, um, just because McClanahan will give up home runs, and he's in a little league park. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be probably as easy as maybe people think.
0: Dave, you're easy like Sunday morning, man. We love you. It was a pleasure. I've missed you so much. I feel, I feel whole again, Dave. My heart is, my heart is full now. I'm, I missed you. Thanks so much for taking the time out, and you are not fired. In fact, we're giving you a promotion. Okay. What there that position goes. is, I have no like, idea. Like a,
5: like a like a like a one-hour show every day. That would be cool. Coming up, Dave. Come if I could ever get, get a, if I
0: can ever get a meeting. with the powers that be coming up, baby?
5: There you go. Hey, Dave, hit him long. Hit him straight on that
0: golf course today. Well, do see, see you, buddy. buddy. Much love, much love. There he is. Uh, we wanted to get to this yesterday. You kind of ran out of time, uh, but the Brewers didn't play last night. Obviously, the night off. They have the Pittsburgh Pirates coming into the American Family Field starting tonight. But before that, rowdy. Uh, you want to talk about one Keston Hira um, about what some people were saying about Kestaddy out there in the outfield. So he made a good catch. I mean, Keston Hira was like literally the only bright spot besides Corbin Burns in that game. Yeah, the
4: last time we saw the Brewers, it was all Keston Hira. He made that really nice catch out in left field, which prevented the the uh, Cubs from scoring, then came back the next inning and hit a solo shot. But the biggest thing, and, and I just don't quite get it, is – Whenever Keston Hira is playing in the outfield, you normally on the broadcast, whether that be on TV or on the radio, they're always talking about how Keston Hira inexperienced out there in the outfield. I, and I just sit there and and kind of chuckle because it's like, don't you think that these guys that cover the team, whether they're radio or TV, know pretty much everything about these players? You would you would think because you know they put the research in and the work in. I mean that's that's they grind. We, we saw Keston Hira play second base. Yeah. Keston here is not a second baseman. No, the Keston here came out in the draft. He was, he was a center fielder for UC Irvine. Now he played two plus seasons at center field. He was a center fielder in high school where obviously he's the best player on his team. Yeah. He goes then to UC Irvine, which is a good program division one in the big West and was the best center fielder on his team. For two-plus years, until that third year, which was his final year of school, he started having elbow issues. And when they were when they were scouting Keston Hira, he had the best bat in that Major League Baseball draft. He was one that the scouts said, he has a Major League-ready bat right now. Right now. Where if you took him from UCR Irvine and placed him on the Brewers, he was a kid that could figure out a way to hit. Mm-hmm. Now, best bat. Now, the reason why he dropped, I believe, to 10th where the Brewers selected him, because he was a top three talent, according to scouts, was because of that elbow injury. And the reason why he moved positions from center field was because of the elbow. And Mm -hmm. that was where they didn't know if he was going to have to have Tommy John surgery, which is something you really don't see very often for a player that plays in the field. Mm hmm. And it ended up being he he didn't need surgery, but he got one of those shots in his elbow. So then halfway through that season, he wasn't playing outfield anymore. He was playing DH because in college they have a DH. Now, at uh, the lower levels of the minor leagues, you have DH. But before that, you have to remember, the timeline was before the universal DH came into baseball. Yeah. So the Brewers did not have a DH spot, and they looked around at positions... And with the guys that they had said, well, let's try him at second base if he has a bad elbow. Because when he wasn't DHing, he did play a couple games at second base for UC Irvine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we saw that experiment. And he came in to the Brewers in 28, 2018, I believe, when he was drafted. So he only played about half a season in the minor leagues after the draft. And he was at the lower level major leagues where they had a DH. So he just strictly DHed and he lit it up, hit the hell out of the baseball flew through the minor league system. And all of a sudden we saw him halfway through roughly 2019. He's a guy that only played about one, roughly one full season in the minor leagues. And when he started to get to that double a level where he had to play the field, they put him at second base. Then they say, well, that wasn't very good. Obviously he had a lot of growing pains at second base, a position he really never played in his entire life. Yeah. And he was trying to learn it at the major league level. While he was on fire with the bat in yeah. twenty nineteen. It's like trial by fire. But then you see that he struggled so like, okay, maybe he's a first baseman. Well, they try him at first base after they already acquired <laughs> Rowdy Teles, and he's a guy that's five foot ten <laughs> well,
0: at first base. What, what is Willie Adamas, like airmail it over his yeah. head? Yeah. And
4: and probably a guy at Rowdy Tales's size, six three, six four, is gonna be a guy that's gonna get it. But at five ten he doesn't have a ton of range at first base. Yeah. Just because he's five ten doesn't mean he can't play first base, but he's gonna be limited in in the hey, amount of the ground three like he, can, rowdy, yeah. he can cover when the, the balls are errant. I just don't get how the broadcast can say <laughs> he's so inexperienced in the outfield. He literally played outfield a hundred times more than he's played second or first base. This is position. That was his position before he got hurt. Now, he never profiled to be a center fielder because the arm, when healthy, wasn't strong enough to be a center fielder. So there's no doubt he wasn't going to come into the major leagues and be a center fielder for the Brewers if everything went well. He was always going to be a corner outfielder. But now, if you watched him in left field when he made that catch... Hell he of a took, catch. He took a hell of a route to the baseball to get to the ball. Hell like of a catch. All, all the kids out there watching, the first thing they should be watching was the route he took to the fence to be able to put himself in a position to catch the baseball because sometimes that's even harder if you watch outfielders is taking the correct route. Yeah. You see like when they do like those stat casts on ESPN where it's like, Oh, the, the the outfielder had a 6% chance at catching the baseball, but he made like a spectacular diving play. Yeah. That's because the guy took a great route to the baseball. It's not because he runs a 4-2-4. He runs a route like Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's not because he took some looping route where he, had, where he had to take the perfect route and he made a great play. That's why the percentage was so low of making it. Yeah. Keston Hira knows how to play the outfield. Just watch that route. You, remember, I'm a big proponent of when I was ripping Ryan Braun, saying he wasn't that great <laughs> in the outfield. Watch his routes in the outfield. There were a lot of rounded routes. He didn't take great routes. He did have a stronger arm than Yelich, but it's the same thing. Yelich doesn't necessarily take great routes all the time. Yeah, but look Keston, at Kestan. Keston Hira Keston? had a great route on that baseball. He knows what he's doing. I, I think at this point, it, it just sucks because... When you look at the Milwaukee Brewers and and how they currently uh, are lining up with their outfielders, Mm -hmm. you don't have a true center fielder on this team. You're trying to to put it together. So I'm glad you bring
0: that up, Rowdy, because coming up, I want to talk about center field for the Milwaukee Brewers because there's some there's some names out there I wanted to get your take on and I also asked you on here coming
4: up like Lorenzo Cain was supposed to be your center fielder and a lot of people thought that hopefully he could come back hit 250 or better play excellent defense and that was going to be good enough yeah. well obviously that 250 or better was closer to 150 or better and the defense you, he was still a plus defender but he wasn't close to what he was even in 19 or 18 yeah But then you look around, and Hunter Renfro actually has been, if you statistically look up war has been their best outfielder, but that's not a guy that you'd want to be roaming in center field. He doesn't have a ton of range. He just happens to have a cannon for an arm. Now, Hunter Renfro has played a little bit of center field here and there, but it's not a ton of games. You look at Andrew McCutcheon, he was a center fielder, but now in his older age with his legs starting to go on him, he can't consistently play center field all the time. You look at uh, Tyrone Taylor, he's not really profiled to be a center fielder, but He's average in the field, and he's probably at this point in his career and the guys surrounding him the most athletic guy, yeah, yeah. so he gets thrown into center field. And then you have Yelich, whose arm and defense seems to just continuing <laughs> to get worse and worse. So, yeah, you got to stick him in left. But if Keston Hira was actually going to play a position, now that we know that that elbow is fine, he profiles to be a left fielder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at Keston Hira in general, this is a guy that – you, he's still controllable for the next three, four years. Like he's going to be on the Brewers if they want him. I just can't believe that when you're batting just under three hundred <laughs> against righties with an on-base percentage, one of the best in the majors, over four ten, and an OPS against righties over a thousand. It's mm. actually over almost eleven 1, hundred. Mm. But then on the flip side, when he bats against lefties, Ooh, don't bring that up. He's hitting one forty-eight. With an OPS of six, or sorry, four sixty-two, which the average OPS these days is like seven thirty. Yeah, so it's quite a bit difference. I think this is a guy that. So if if he if you had like a clear-cut center fielder, you could use Keston Hira more in the outfield's in the corners. I want
0: to get to that coming up after the break. So you save that, Rowdy. We'll get to that momentarily. But first, uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Bill. Hey, Bill. What's up, dude? How you doing?
6: I'm doing pretty good. I got a question for you guys. Bob I hopefully Sutton. have an answer. So I just drove by a guy on the east side walking down the street with a 12-pack of Ice House.
0: Uh, well, oh, could that I,
6: be Charlie? Could that be Charlie?
0: It could be Charlie's, Charlie's long-lost like, brother. Charlie is actually on the west side of Madison. Uh, okay. so, so it's so unusual to see that. I, so I, could, I know it
6: had to be Charlie.
0: I know, Bill. Trust me. I, I feel you. Uh, Charlie, though. Um, I think he's listening right now. He is on the west side. He's fixed to where he knows, and that's the west side over here. So not on the east side. Did he have long hair? Was he about like 120 pounds soaking wet?
6: No, it was a big boy with gray hair. It looks like
0: that it could long hair. It could be Bizarro world, Charlie. I think you found his. I think you found maybe his long lost brother. <laughs> well, I was also trying to give
6: Ron a break. I mean, I take a drink of water, and then he's ready to talk more about the Brewers
0: after the break. I know he, he, you. You get Rowdy on Keston here in the Brewers. He's like Rob Reichel when he talks Packers. Well, Bill, the dude just I've, goes.
4: I've been a huge proponent of Keston here since they drafted him. I thought it was a great draft pick for the risk. See, reward. here we go, Bill. Here we go. And I just feel like they're not actually trying to play him. You
6: know, I know. I you know, I love the Brewers. I love so. I love David Stearns, but I'll tell you what. I wish let's let's go for a little batting average instead of all these. Instead of home runs. I mean,
0: it's so yeah. streaky. Well, look at uh, the New York Mets, one of the best teams in the majors. Uh, they are low on the list when it comes to home Brewers are top five for home runs. Mets are like, what, 20 or below rowdy for home runs. Mets are one of the best teams in the majors. They find ways to manufacture runs. Brewers swing for the fences or strike out. Uh, so all
6: you can hope for is about the middle of September they go hot for a month and a half.
0: Right? Yeah, 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 totally. It's uh, like when the Wisconsin Badger basketball team lives and dies by the three. You hope they're hot, and then you usually come up snake eyes.
6: Hold it.
0: So when did we not die by the three? I mean, when was the last time we did the Badgers didn't die by the three? Didn't die by the three? That is a great... Uh, when they made it to the uh, back-to-back Final Four runs. Oh.
6: <laughs> Let's try something a little different, boys.
0: <laughs> hey, Bill, have a good weekend, man. Nice hearing from you. See you, buddy. See you. So there is another man out there who is the bizarro world version of Charlie, but still buys Ice House. Interesting. But he's a big boy. Charlie, Charlie's not a big boy. I think. How much do you think Charlie weighs? Buck twenty-five. Buck twenty-five. This something like Bill's looking at about a two hundred plus pounder here.
4: Yeah, he's probably two Charlies. Yeah,
0: he's two Charlies. Charlie would buy it. Here, here we go. Bill said he had a what a twelve, a 12, case, 12-er. What's Charlie buy? Sixers. Sixers. He's double the man of Charlie. Double the size. There it is. All right. <laughs> All right, Roddy, We'll talk. We'll get to the Packers. Uh, I know Billy, the big Packer guy. Look at the Packers coming up. What I want to get to, casting uh, here at that center field, but real quick, uh, line one, good morning, who's this? Vincent. Who is this?
7: Vincent.
0: What's going
4: on?
7: Good. Uh, does Rowdy have a woman in his life? <laughs> or, uh,
4: you have to ask him. Hey, I'm married to the That's, game. No, there's
7: no way. That wasn't even a question. I, that, it's clear he does not. I've never seen a man get so excited about baseball stats.
0: Oh, dude, if you want to know anything, if you want to know anything about baseball, minor leagues, everything, Rowdy's your man.
7: Yeah, but he goes on these rants every damn show where he's just sitting there like, just, where's the lube? Oh, God, Christian Yelts' OPS is going up. Give me some lube, please, please. Get a woman, dude. Get a woman. You need a woman in your life.
4: Rowdy? I'm married to the game, Vincent.
7: You are you are clearly married to the game. Very married,
0: married <laughs> to the game. Um, uh, Vincent, do you have any words of advice for Rowdy and snagging a, a fine little lass here?
7: I mean, I wish him the best. I understand he's got a job to do, but uh, he's just a little. <coughs> it's just, I, I can just—it's just a little too much for me, you know. Evo, <laughs> I get it. You know, you're a fan, but you know, you're controlled. But this man, this man is just clearly—I, I, you know—would <laughs> would
0: you say he's bad. on the he's on the lunatic fringe,
7: Vincent? I I would clearly say that, yes, yes. Hey, but you all do a great job. I just I just wanted to. Oh, we love it! So hey, bad. you got to keep
0: us honest, man. I love it, dude. That's what I love oh, going to the phone oh, lines and hearing what's on the other end, man. I thought full oh, disclosure. Man. I thought it was going to be Charlie talking about drinking ice house, but instead, no, is no, this your first no, time no, calling no. in?
7: This is my first time calling. I've been it. listening. For, I, I've been listening for a while, but you know, I just.
0: Listen, you're the man. I I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you listening. uh, That makes me nothing. uh, Happiness in life, hearing from the listeners. But Rowdy, with his baseball takes, got you to call in. He got you. He got you, Vincent.
7: That's that's true. That's true. 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 You guys have a good one.
0: Yeah, you too, brother. Have a good weekend. That's funny, Rowdy. Yeah, he's married to the game. Man's married to the game. I saw this. One of our great listeners, J8 Krebs. I love you, Krebs. Yeah, he had tweeted at me of twenty seven minutes ago when you were going uh, you know what, Frank I just rewatched old school for like the millionth time. It was on uh, TBS. No, it was on I think it's on Netflix. So I think I saw Netflix. I don't know if you know, background noise, but it's some of those movies where uh, you put on background noise but all of a sudden you're like you're sucked back into the couch watching it and laughing. And Frank was doing his uh, his debate. Against the and Cajun. Remember? And Frank just like, oh, I'm going to take this one. And then he blacks out and he just rattles off like these unconscious uh, stuff about whatever they're debating on. Uh, Rowdy, that's like you with Brewers, Keston Hira. So I'm going to get, I'm gonna, I'm ready for you to do this again. But right here, I saw J.A. Krebs tweet at me. He says, Keston should play center. We suck at defense anyways. Hashtag free Kest daddy. In fact, I saw another J.A. Krebs tweet. I promise you, I'm not stalking you, Krebs. But I saw this pop up. Uh... One of Br- Rowdy's favorite players, Brent Suter, right? Brent Suter's nickname is Raptor. Um, this is Brent Suter's actual Raptor is the name. It's it's a Brewers fan account. And it says, for NL Central moves to make Brewers center field, Lorenzo Kane's DFA has left the Brewers with Jonathan Davis and Tyrone Taylor, currently on the IL, in center field, leaving the spot as an obvious area to upgrade. Milwaukee's .565 OPS at the position, ranks 27th in the majors. They say the potential fit for the Milwaukee Brewers would be one from the Oakland A's. Ramon <laughs> Loreno. And then Krebs tweets this. Why not just put Brewer, or the Brewers stink at defense anyways. Why not put Keston here in center field?
4: That's kind of where I was going. So like as Brewer Brewer fans, what have we been clamoring for for the last 20 years when the Brewers have been somewhat competitive? It's make the playoffs and it's they need to find pitching, right? Mm -hmm. And then finally they had pitching in 2011 and David Fries happened. Yeah. They lose to the Cardinals in the NLCS Cardinals go on to win it all. Well, now in 2021 and 2022, we have the pitching. The Brewers have really good pitching. They didn't lose the series to the Atlanta Braves because of their arms. They lost because in four games they scored twice on two Rowdy Tellez swings. That was the only runs they were able to muster. Yeah. The, Brewer, the Brewers are not a team. When you look at these guys in the outfield that are hitting for high averages or that are spraying the ball all over the field, the guy that you would argue could do that the best or at the highest level and currently doing that would be Christian Yelich. Now he bats lead off, but yeah, you have Jonathan Davis. He's never been a hitter. He's always been in the low two hundreds. Every time he's been in a major league baseball, mm-hmm. we know he's more defensive, more defensively sound and he's a quadruple A player. That's what he is. Tyrone Taylor, that's a guy that when he's playing his best, he's hitting 240 to 250, but you're never going to confuse him with a 300 hitter. Yeah. Hunter Renfro is the power bat that hits 240 to 250 when he's swinging the bat well. Andrew McCutcheon's days of MVPs are behind him, and now he's like a 240 to 250 hitter. You don't have an option to go out there and throw someone out there that's going to hit for a high average. At this point, why is Kestin Hera not at least DHing every single game against right-handed righties. pitchers where he's clearly much better against righties? And then at the same point, McCutcheon does have old legs. Why is he not be why is he not the DH every single time against left handed pitchers? But then on, on days where it is a lefty, obviously Keston Hera struggles. But if you're trying to fit him in there, you have to go at least with the offense. And if you're going to rely on the home run, Keston here is one of the guys that can supply a bunch of power. Totally. We know he's got more consistent power than Jonathan Davis at this point. If they played every single day, he probably has more consistent output than McCutcheon just because McCutcheon's older Mm -hmm. and him and Tyrone Taylor, if they played the same amount of games and got the same amount of bats, he probably has more power production than Tyrone Taylor. The only guy that he's going to be trailing in power production is probably Hunter Renfro. So if you can't win by hitting at a high average, why aren't you at least, if you're all in for the home run ball, why, why is aren't you he playing not custom? playing more? Why aren't you playing No, You can play him in left field to get, hit, to get Yelich off his feet here or there. And with Hunter Renfro being out, that's a guy that, he was eligible to come off the IL, I think a day or two ago, but he hasn't, he has just started resuming playing or running and doing drills, but he's probably at least a week away. Then he might need a rehab stint or maybe he's not back for two more weeks. Maybe experiment seeing what Kesson here can do in right field because the elbows, not, it's not as bad as what it was when he was drafted. And like I said, he had a quick, uh, he had a quick, road to Major League yeah, Baseball. Yeah, I mean, you had the quick come-up, Rowdy. You have to to throw him out there and get more at-bats because you need production. And the other guys aren't producing, and he's just not that much worse when it comes to defense being a guy that played in the
0: outfield. So people are saying, or some entities saying, that go out and get someone from somewhere else when the answer for the
4: Brewers outfield... You're already not good defensively. Christian Yelich isn't good defensively. Hunter Renfro does not have a lot lot of range, but he's got a big arm. Tyrone Taylor is average in the outfield. Uh, McCutcheon's slightly below average these days. The only guy that is clearly above average is, is Jonathan Davis, and he doesn't hit at all. Not it's the same the problem you had with uh, Lorenzo Cain. He's just like five, six, seven years younger. Yeah. Rowdy, you're not going to get any better defensively. You're not going to get a guy that hits for high average. You might as well continue to not be great at defense and go for some power in production. I don't get it. I almost feel like they're they don't want to play Keston Hero cuz they continue to send him out there against lefties when the sense. numbers say they struggle it he struggles. Sense.
0: All right, so we did a little uh, a digging during the commercial break that the research department did Uh, RJ, the research department said one about. We're trying to
3: figure out. All right, now we say Romeo Dubs. The research department was watching like Dubs, right, Rowdy Dubs. Yeah.
4: Well, that's how they said it on the NFL draft when I was watching Romeo Dubs. The research
3: department found like a senior year highlight reel from clips of TV broadcasts, Mm -hmm. and they pulled us in. We were watching, and Fox FS One. Uh, uh, FS2, and CBS have all called him Romeo Dubs. Dubs. The ESPN guy, hard to know what he's saying because I don't think he knows. He's like, Dubs. Dubs? Yeah, it sounds like he's trying to say Dubs but doesn't know. Well, what do we so know about ESPN? It sounds like it's trying to be a hiccup. What so do we it's know about like, ESPN? Dubs. ESPN's a bunch of dumb well, idiots. Well, so whatever they do, do there the is a
4: little discussion about this name in office too, because Heilprin claims our sports director, Zach Heilprin, claims that it's Dobbs. I've heard like kind of like what I've RJ said, dubs. I've heard both, but I've heard more dubs. Yeah. And when they were breaking it down on I think it was NFL Network, they were calling them dubs. So, if Heilprin's going with Dobbs, I will clearly take the opposite and go with Dobbs.
0: Yeah. It's like <laughs> the ESPN approach. Whatever they do, they're, do the opposite of it. Do the opposite. <laughs> so, it's Romeo, Dubs, Dobbs. Just to see what it does. Zach
4: Heilprin could also very well be taking it and saying Dobbs because I'm saying Dubs. So. Oh, he could be. Also,
0: and Zach, Zach is more of an ESPN guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is, but... It, uh,
3: that doesn't make sense, does it? No, you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, does that make
3: sense? You're being silly. Yeah, I'm
0: a silly goose, aren't I? All right, <laughs> boys, college football. Obviously, uh, RJ went on vacation. The college football world lost its mind. It did, it was all like
7: bah!
3: last week when USC and UCLA said, You know what, we're going to the Big Ten. Get all off, right. got off the plane and thought like somebody was punking me. I was like. <laughs> Am I? Where's Ashton Kutcher? What are the Come on, guys, get big out big here. Being punked. Well, the
0: pipeline of the North Troy, in uh, the beautiful is he still in Marinette? Marinette area. Wmam, we love you. He had called in and called it Big Ten's changing the name to Big Country. I like. I kind of like that. Big Country, worldwide, world, Mister Worldwide, countrywide, okay. Mister Countrywide. Well, now, how about this? A source out there. Uh, this comes from a couple of college football entities. North Carolina, Florida State. Up. North, come on, raise up. That's P D. Pablo. North Carolina, Florida
4: State, Clemson. <laughs> a lot of that type of rap, like mid two thousands, that have popped up on the show this week. My wheelhouse.
0: Clemson and Virginia. North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC. And ESPN is trying to
4: void their TV deal with the ACC. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense if you're Clemson and Florida State to want to hop over to the SEC, seeing that all the other conferences around the Big Ten and SEC are kind of falling apart. Look at what Dabo Sweeney has built at Clemson. Like Clemson <laughs> had some Clemson had some good football teams in the past, but yeah. he's built them into a blue blood. Yeah. Florida State is still a blue blood. Rowdy. They can blue recruit, blood. yeah, they can recruit with the best of them. They just somehow have not been able to find a coach since Jimbo <laughs> Fisher, <laughs> and before Jimbo Fisher, it was Bobby Bowden for like forever. So, let these. Let me ask you on this, and we'll get
0: more into that, Rowdy, as well, because this all, is all encompassing. Why are Miami and Louisville not being courted? Why are they? Like if North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia are trying to join the SEC. How come Miami and Louisville? I aren't? got
4: a question for RJ because he, he likes to get into college football. Do you think Miami, the U, could go off as an independent?
3: No. Kind of like a my I, I don't think anybody moving forward has a shot of going off as an independent. Because if you're building two 20-team conferences, are they really going to line up to play you? I feel like that's a huge brand, though. The U. It is. Well, I mean, it was.
4: It still there, is. It's there. It still. It still has some staying yeah, power until but, they
3: get to a bowl game. They don't want to be at, and they don't show up. In the like, and just whoop their ass. Right when we went off air, and I. Told you, oh hey, look, here's an article from the Miami Herald of saying this is a bad idea because nobody's talking to Miami about joining their conference.
4: It is a black eye for you when you have a turnover chain and Alex Hornebrook takes it from you.
3: Yeah. And Paul Chris says, Turnover chain my FNA. <laughs> All and, time And right there. then
4: and then not only that, but then he, he transfers down to Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> turnover chain. Mm-hmm.
3: I like it. And can't start.
4: I feel like if you're the SEC, you look at what they if we're talking about all sports, you start to look at like SEC basketball which recently has gotten better cuz SEC basketball used to be terrible. Yeah. It it used to be bad. It used to be like, "Hey, we have Kentucky and we had Florida when Billy Donovan was there and everyone else was like, meh. <laughs> meh. And then what? Ben Simmons had a year at LSU where LSU was all right.
3: But like, well, and we found out why. They
4: you had like some of those schools, like
3: there. Arkansas's
4: gotten better.
3: No, LSU, oh yeah, oh, Arkansas's
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. gotten better. Like yeah. they hadn't been good in like thirty years. Mm-hmm.
3: Like they have some programs that are starting to get better. Took a former UW coach to get fired for them to start getting better, and
4: but then on top of that, if you added um, Miami's all right at basketball, they've yep. been all yeah, right DC. for like the yeah. last
3: decade. Yep. Louisville's
4: obviously good at basketball, pretty good. I mean that that would help the SEC in multiple. It might not help them as much in I mean, football, but you get a big brand in Miami, yeah. and then you get two decent basketball. I just don't schools. get why they're not
3: being courted. Like they're not being like, hey, I don't, I don't think anybody sees a value. Well, especially okay, the SEC already has. TV market in Florida, they don't need to move into Florida. They'll take Florida State because Florida, Florida State is a big rivalry. So yeah. so is Florida State Miami and Florida and, State and is a huge brand. Still. Right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I think it's bigger than Miami. Like Miami, ever since they were the U, the U, and you had you know the seventh floor crew. So <laughs> that was the, that was the last time, yeah the, that was the last time the seventh floor they crew were the U yeah uh, who it was really all that was again? it was like Greg, Greg Olson Greg, yeah. when, when
4: Greg Olson <laughs> drafted, that was the last time Miami was legit yeah
3: yeah exactly so, so it's, it's seventh floor
4: crew nice Paul yeah, yeah. He, he's retired and in the booth for exactly. NFL games yeah.
0: yeah and pretty soon he's gonna be doing the Urlacher thing he's gonna be getting hair plugs sooner than later if you've seen him is, is he it's it's is coming out what.
4: I wonder so when you look at the Big 10 the big I feel like the SEC and the Big 10 have taken different approaches. The Big 10 has taken market approaches mm-hmm. with Chicago, uh, New do. York, and LA and the SEC seems to be taking more college football brand approaches where they're grabbing like bigger names like the U is bigger than Rutgers.
3: Yeah, well they're not. Yes.
4: Yeah. Like Louisville is a bigger name than Maryland.
3: But, I mean, at at that point in time. Clemson is a big name. At that point in time, I mean, those were when they brought in Miami and some of those Big East teams that made sense, you know, geographically. So some of it was geographic and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, even bringing in two L.A. teams. I mean, historically, in multiple sports, like the Big Ten looked past just football. Yeah like you're bringing in two teams that have many sports that are compatible with what the Big 10 puts out there for athletics past football you know so you're you're bringing in not only the number 2 market in the United States but you're bringing in a lot more than just football. You're bringing in basketball, women's volleyball, baseball outside of the University of Wisconsin, oh, a uh, spot. And, and like a lot of other Olympic sports like swimming is big at those two schools. And one of the best conferences for swimming in, in in the in NCAA is the Big 10 both men's and women's. Uh I mean uh I believe they both have rowing teams I think. Oh, so hell you're putting yeah. that in there like it's it's more than just that. Um and the Big 10 is looking you, beyond because they have a TV network to fill. Yeah. And when you're bringing in that kind of stuff, you have to look past football otherwise it's going to be like when the Big Ten first started out. We're going to play football and basketball games, and then the rest is going to be PSAs and and campus tours for the so schools. So I have
4: a question if we're talking about all sports. With USC and UCLA Remember coming in
3: do, they bring in,
4: do they have
3: hockey teams? No, but they have, they have club <laughs> That's hockey a great teams. That's what I'm saying. They have like club P- hockey teams. Penn State, teams like Penn State, State did, and Penn and State the, is doing pretty well. And then most of when they made the jump, like almost all of their I, club team moved to the N C yeah. the N C A. I saw I
4: I typed it in because I'm like I really have no idea. U S C had a team that played in college hockey, but it hadn't played since like 2011 or something. Yeah, U- they U C L A plays in an American Collegiate yeah. Hockey Association at Division two.
3: Yep, and that's those those are club hockey teams. Okay, so they both have club hockey teams. Well, if they move into, into the Big right. Ten,
4: then Wisconsin's yeah. going to move up a couple both, spots.
3: Both. Those schools, yes, players right. on yes. the club teams, are petitioning for donors to to donate money to create hockey programs so they can join the Big Ten hockey conference. I don't even know if they have wrestling teams, but yeah. if they no, do, I do... I do not believe they do. <laughs> Wisconsin's <laughs> moving, yeah. yeah. moving up there, uh,
4: too. But they will move down if they ever get a baseball team, because UCLA and USC are decently good at baseball. Yes.
0: We're going to take a break here, but I have a question for RJ. You just, you just jolted something in my brain because I was at the Madison Mallards last night, okay. for a grateful dead night. I saw Sam, who joins us, the assistant GM for the Mallards. She joins us yeah. um yeah, like twice a week to talk Mallards. She was on the row team oh. and you brought up rowing. Yeah.
3: Crew. Uh, sorry, crew. <laughs> I say, I'm not averse to. She dropped a new term it's on like, me. It's like the Dutch, you know. They're Dutch, but they're from the Netherlands and the <laughs> do you
0: know the name of the row, rowing crew, the name of uh, the person responsible for swing? So you already knew it, yeah? The coxswain.
3: I had no idea until Sam dropped it. In the, was it last the week, tiny, It's the. T- I think it's you're on vacation when she's. a in smaller here. person who sits at the front and kind of monitors things. The coxswain. And in a lot of the cartoons you see, they're the ones yelling. Yeah, Stroke. with the yeah, Stroke. like old Bugs Bunny Stroke. cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Coxswain. Yeah. I had no idea until Sam told us. Rowdy and I got a nice little bit about it. It's like uh, women's volleyball. The person wearing the uh, off-colored jersey the Libero. I didn't know that that for the longest time.
4: I actually did know that.